Alleluia! Christ is risen! The Lord is risen indeed! Alleluia! Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, who for, the redem- for our redemption gave your only begotten Son to the death of the cross, and by his glorious resurrection delivered us from the power of our enemy. Grant us so to die daily to sin, that we may evermore live with him in the joy of his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from Acts. Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, everyone, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The message spread throughout Judea. Beginning in Galilee, after the baptism of John announced, and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, and that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Let us read together Psalm 118, found found in your insert. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let Israel now proclaim his mercy endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. There is a sound of exaltation and victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord has given the right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord is mild. I shall not die, but have the words of the Lord. The Lord has punished him sorely, but he did not hand me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter them. I will offer thanks to the Lord. This is the gate to the Lord. He who is righteous may enter. I will give thanks to you 
for you answered me and have become my salvation. The same stone which builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. On this day the Lord has acted. We rejoice and be glad in it. Our second reading is from Colossians. Since you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. He said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord. And I did not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. She did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabbi, which means teacher. He said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, 
I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. One day, an old southern preacher was taking a stroll along a riverbank. And as he's walking by, he sees a drunk passed out by the riverside. And he thinks, oh, now that's, that's just disgusting. Can you see this poor soul who's lost his way? And he thinks, why well, I'm not going to let this happen. So he grabs a drunk and he drags him over to the water and he dunks him down in and he picks him up and he goes, have you found Jesus? Now the drunk, of course, at this point is very awake and goes, no. So he dunks him in one more time and he lifts him up. Have you found Jesus, my brother? The drunk is completely startled and well sobered up at this point. No. One more time, down in the water, up. Have you found Jesus, my brother? Are you sure you left him down here? <laughs> well, my brothers and sisters, have you found Jesus? Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The story of the resurrection is a story of impossibilities. These are not things that should happen. The heavy stone that was there in front of the tomb should not have been moved away. The linen wrappings wrapped intricately around a body just laying there, rolled up, but no body inside. And of course, the ultimate impossibility, Jesus, who was indeed dead, was there standing in front of Mary. Life is supposed to be predictable. You know, there are things in life that we just know happen because they happen. The sun rises in the east and sets in the west. A cold front moves through and it rains, and for some reason, mattresses are always on sale. <laughs> and most certainly, the dead stay dead. Predictability is what gives a sense of stability in life. We build routines, we anticipate reactions when things happen. We come to expect that patterns will play out in life in the same way. And for the most part, this is a good thing. You know that when you come to a four-way stop, there are certain rules about how you're supposed to move. Not that everyone falls up, but you know, you get the idea. But you, you know that there are patterns. You can see somebody putting a foot in front of the other. You know they're going to move forward. You flip a switch, the light comes on. This is how we just anticipate the world working. And we don't even think about it. But when we see a pattern play out in a way that means that we know this is a bad thing, we still anticipate. 
when we know that a pattern says that we have lost everything, it brings despair. It strips away hope because, predictably, we know the bad that is coming next. A death happens. We know that we will grieve. When there is grief, we know that there is often unintentional anxiety and strife between people. We know that things are going to sometimes fall apart in life. There was no hope for the disciples, Mary, Peter, and John, that beloved disciple who remains unnamed in our gospel. When you see your friend and leader die, it would seem that the powers of the world had triumphed. The wretchedness of life is, is the predictable pattern to follow. At best, they go back to what they were doing before Jesus took them on this amazing journey, back to their fishing nets. And at worst, like Jesus, they may be hunted down and followed. But the hopelessness and despair of the crucifixion was overturned that early morning. And so was all hopelessness and despair for all eternity. St. Paul tells us in his letter to the Colossians, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If you have been raised with Christ, and indeed you have, seek the things that are above. When Christ died on the cross, all sin and evil died with him. When Christ rose from the dead, he conquered all that causes despair. He conquered fear. He even conquered death. When we ask if we have seen Jesus, we no longer look to that which we know, but we look to that which is above. And St. Paul goes on to say, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. For you have died, our old selves have died. Our old selves, the ones weighed down by hopelessness, brokenness, sadness, grief, and strife. Those old friends, those old lives, friends, have died. They are no more. But the death of those old selves is not the end. It is, in fact, only the beginning. Like Mary Magdalene, we may not even recognize Christ when he is right in front of us. Have you found Jesus? Christ is the mended relationship where there was once strife. Christ is the unimaginable grace that comes in the midst of the darkest difficulties. Christ is the community of believers who care for us in all of life's uncertainties. Christ is impossibly 
the small bread and wine that somehow fills and even overflows our spirit. The resurrection, friends, is impossible. It is the absurd, it is the, but it is the overturning of all that is predictable. When we come to embrace all that is the resurrection, our lives will shine like the sun dawning on that first Easter morning. St. Paul reminds us that when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. We must see Christ in all these things. We must open our eyes and ears to hear his voice as he calls our name. We must see where the, our old lives have died and our greater and new lives lie ahead. When we see that the resurrection is indeed in every corner of our existence, we will know that Christ has conquered all that causes despair and replace it, as St. Paul says, with faith, hope, and love. This is the story of Easter, that Christ is raised from the dead, and nothing, not even the gates of hell, shall prevail against him. This is the resurrection. So have you found Jesus? Amen. Please stand. Let's firm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things are made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and in his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The prayers of the people. In the Anglican cycle of prayer, the province of the Episcopal Church of Sudan, pray for peace of Jerusalem. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. That we all may be one, 
In our parish cycle of prayer, Greg and Suzanne Nelson, Mary Nichols. For those celebrating birthdays, Sally Marzal, Krista Herrick. For those celebrating the birth of a child, Danny and Nicole Marzal welcoming Aiden Levi. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name be glorified by all people. For Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, our presiding bishop, Jeff, our bishop, Matthew, our internum priest, Mary, our incoming priest, Jessica and Bob, our wardens, Connie, Deanna, Robin, Sharon, and Pat, our vestry and clerk. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That that there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That that our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the especially remembering Deacon Georgia Agner, Margie Bealey, Jane Clothier, Sue Hollingstead, Cindy Lawrence, Mary Nichols, Jerry Ramsey, Gary Twist, Sharon Twist, David Toretta, Jimmy Annie. Give to the departed eternal rest, remembering Tommy Annie. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. Grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the dead of sin by your life-giving Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess our sins against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us. And that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Thank you for joining the St. John the Divine podcast. If you're interested in worshiping with us, You can visit us at 9 a.m. at our church, which is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. If you want to learn more about us, you can click the link in the description or visit stjohnthedivine.org. Just remember, we're the one in Burlington, Wisconsin, not the cathedral in New York. 
Have a great day. Bye.